literally like people put on their profiles like if you voted for Trump swipe left there was one there's one that I saw a few weeks ago that was like it said like if you voted for Trump you shall not hump this is frisky north of 60 we bring you stories about love Love and dating dating in the the north North. I'm your host Karen McCall and I'm joined by co-host Jordan Patrick we're recording in Whitehorse Yukon north of the 60th parallel where it's winter seven whole months of the year. And where it's a skill to learn to have sex in snowshoes. It sure is. Hello, frisky listeners. Uh, I think this will be a surprise to no one who's been listening to this podcast that um, we've had some great response to our virtual dating event that's happening Wednesday, February 24th. However, we still need more men, which is kind of like we hear this over and over again in the Yukon about like, where's the men? The women are calling for you guys. Yeah. So the women's side is either sold out or almost sold out. Um, And the men's side, we just need a few more guys. So like, it's only seven minutes of your life with, with each person. How bad could that be? Yeah. No, you're not stuck on a date. Like I know in essence, these speed dating events, it's like going on a bunch of blind dates all in a row, except you're not stuck with this blind date. Like, I mean, how bad can seven to nine minutes be? And who knows? Like the first person you might meet might not land, might not connect. That's okay. But then number two or number three, you're like, whoa, like, or yeah, number 10. or number 10 or 15. I think we got, we got a max limit for this too. So we might be like shooting ourselves a leg saying we need people, but, and then sold out by tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think this is, uh, this is going to be, if I was still single, I would be all up over this. Mm-hmm. No hesitation for me. So whatever's holding you back, men, get over yourself Sign up if you're single and wanting to. I mean, comfort of your own home. The worst case scenario is you don't like connect with anybody romantically, but maybe you come out with a new like friend or acquaintance or and or at the very least like a good story to tell. Absolutely. No, if you haven't already had or done a speed dating event, um, this is like a bucket list item. I think, you know, you got nothing to lose. So go for it. And if you haven't listened already to our episode one, where Jordan talks about his uh, speed dating experience in Japan, go back and do that because it's a really good story. Oh, did I already talk about it? I was totally going to be like, oh yeah, I could talk about it again. (laughs) I told that story (laughs) so many times. (laughs) It's a good one. So to register for the virtual speed dating event, you can go to friskynorthof60.eventbrite.com or you can find information on our Facebook page, which is also Frisky North of 60. So on today's episode, we're talking about dating in Alaska and kind of how it compares to dating in the Yukon. So in Alaska, like Alaska and the Yukon are side by side and there's way more people in Alaska. So in some ways it seems like it should be this, like there should be a whole bunch of cross border dating going on in non COVID times. Um, But unfortunately, other than our panhandle communities of Haines and Skagway that are really close to the Yukon, the rest of Alaska is so far away. Like you've driven, hey, to Fairbanks or Anchorage, Jordan. Oh yeah. It's a long drive for, you know, a variety of cuisine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh like basically you're driving around the St. Elias Mountains and between Whitehorse and Anchorage, which is the biggest city in Alaska, like there's not much population. So you're driving like 14 hours and anyways, so it's like there are neighbors, but 
they're still like really far away from us. Yeah. So for this episode, we're looking at some of the similarities. And when I did uh, the interview with this guy, Nat, who I will uh, introduce shortly, um, he mentioned sort of like the dating scene in Alaska can be described as the odds are good but the goods are odd. <laughs> I've heard that one here. <laughs> well, and that's the expression I use to describe the dating scene in the Yukon. So I was like, okay, there are some similarities, but Nat did a much better job of like hashing out what that means. So I'll let him explain that. One of the things that kind of differs, uh, I guess one of like sort of the more obvious things that differs about dating in the Yukon and Alaska, or just about Yukon and Alaska is how politically divided Alaska is. And of course the rest of the U.S., so that's something also that Nat will get into. And so he is actually a reporter is his day job. He lives in Anchorage and he doesn't, he's not on the dating beat normally, but he made an exception for this podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess just to start off, can you kind of just give me uh, your thoughts on sort of what the dating scene is like in in Anchorage and maybe even in Alaska? Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm sort of repeating things that your listeners already know. I mean, I think like, you know, this the the aphorism you hear about it all the time is the odds are good and the goods are odd, right? Um, and was that is that worth explicating? I think it is because when I was Googling dating in Alaska, that came up in article after article. And I guess that's kind of a trope and a cliche, but I think it, yeah, it is worth kind of getting into because like, what, yeah. Why is that an expression there? I mean, I think it's true. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, I mean, I think general, so generally speaking, I think it's like, it, it's a reference to like what, what the perspective of like a woman would be in Alaska in that, um, the odds are good because there are more men than women here. I'm not, I don't actually remember what the latest numbers are. Like, I want to say it used to be like close to like 60, 40, and maybe now it's maybe like 55, 45. Okay. So I looked this up and Alaska does have the highest male to female ratio of any U.S. state, but not by a lot. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2018, there were 108 males per 100 females. Let's compare that to the Yukon. According to the Yukon Bureau of Statistics, their third quarter 2020 report, there are 103 males per 100 females for the entire territory. However, if you look at the age 30 to 44 bracket, there are only 97 males per 100 females. So if you're a heterosexual woman and that's your dating demographic, then your chances are probably better in Alaska than the Yukon. Um, so the, so the odds are good if you're a woman, but the goods are odd also because, you know, you don't necessarily get, um, the most like staid professional, um, stockbroker, uh, you know, comes home to their two kids and dogs and, um, eats the TV dinner style of, um, people here so much, you know, it's like people who work on pipelines or, um, you know, do 48 hour mountain bike races or, um, you know, don't have the social skills to make it in, in the lower 48 or have a criminal record and are on the lam. I mean, I, you know, I think, uh, I'm escalating my hyperbole and, and, um, uh, yeah, description here, but, but 
Yeah, you kind of get the vibe. I mean, I don't know. I think um, I was saying before, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like some people might tell you like the goods are odd and the odds are odd, like that it's like, you know, it's, it's um, not actually easy to find single people and the single people are weird. Um, <laughs> you know, my, I think my personal experience is it's hard to do that much of a comparison just because, uh, you know, I've lived here for eight years and it's hard to compare it to, to anywhere else. But why is it hard to compare it to anywhere else? Uh, well, I mean, just at a personal level, like, you know, I, I haven't um, done a lot of dating in quote unquote normal places. Um, so, so I don't have, I don't feel like I have great perspective on it. Um, I think, you know, I feel like there's a lot of like, stereotypical Alaskanness uh to our dating scene here I mean like you know a lot of people will like go on like a hike or a bike or even a ski for like a first date I, I have a friend who um moved here relatively well not not so long ago but she was like yep I uh I, I, I taught myself to ski when I moved to Anchorage because I felt like I wasn't gonna um have any other like means of meeting people or going on dates. Um, and, uh, you know, and then there's also like the very like stereotypical, like on dating apps, like you see lots of women posing with large fish or even like dead animals that they've hunted. Um, and from what I hear, uh, from what I hear, that's, uh, the same. Um, if you're, if you're looking at, uh, men's profiles, but I haven't personally experienced that. Um, I, I've kind of like gone the self-deprecating route of like not putting any pictures of me with large fish and expressly noting that like, you know, I don't don't need to take pride in the size of the fish um, or the number of fish. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, we see that in the Yukon too. And, and for women seeking men, I certainly see that on the men's side. But then when I looked at the women as well with my friend's profile, I was like, oh, yeah, the women post a lot of fish and animals they've hunted as well. So it goes both ways. The bush lifestyle. Happens, do you think that happens anywhere else? Like, are people more proud of their fish and like uh, uh, caribou, like in, you know, if they live in like Vancouver? <laughs> I bet Vancouver, no. I wonder, yeah, I wonder maybe in more like rural areas though of like Alberta and yeah, I'll have to have to look into that. But yeah, it is kind of a, a curious thing. But I mean, there certainly are, in my experience, I mean, at least here, I know a lot more hunters than I've ever known anywhere else I lived. And um, maybe that is just because there's so much more of a on the land lifestyle here. It would be like really interesting to do like a critical academic analysis of like the slight ways that Yukon's online dating scene, uh, the Yukon's online dating scene differs from Alaska's. Yeah, <laughs> to get a master's student on that. Um, so I guess one of the other, well, there's many things about Alaska, but Alaska is huge. And so, you know, Anchorage has about 300,000 people in it, but then there's all these outlying communities. Do you have any personal experience dating someone outside of Anchorage and sort of what that looks like logistically? Um, yeah, I mean, um, minimal. Um, I was dating a girl who uh, kind of lived in a few different places, but at, at one point uh, she lived in Haines, which probably you're, <clears throat> which probably you're, listeners are familiar with the general remoteness of Haines. So, um, you know, that, that entailed, uh, 
at various points, like a multimodal transportation odyssey of, um, you know, flying to Juno and getting on a ferry and, um, you know, definitely in retrospect, maybe was like a little bit excessive and seems a little bit ill-advised. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard like similar stories about like, you know, friends who, uh, you know, people in Anchorage who like started seeing someone in Fairbanks and, you know, you're making like six hour drives every other weekend. So there's definitely a little bit of like, um, you know, I feel like you could do some great montages or something of like all the crazy travel that people do for love in Alaska. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, you know, definitely have heard a little bit from friends who like live in some of the more remote communities about like what it's like trying to date in, in those kinds of environments, which like, you know, I don't know, maybe your listeners are, already familiar with that like I don't know if you're talking to folks in like Dawson or Mayo or like, <laughs> not yet but hope to for sure yeah I mean and there's a lot more fly-in communities in Alaska so I imagine yeah there's a lot of um yeah just the the logistics there just kind of a step up and and when you talked about dating the woman in Haines of course Haines is about I guess five hours from Whitehorse so that could be doable if the border was open but for you so you were hopping on a plane flying to Juneau and then taking the ferry to Haines which I think that's like several that's like five hours isn't it uh I mean the ferry is like five hours so yeah right sorry just the ferry alone yeah yeah and it is yeah it's kind of it is kind of funny to think about like it's you know it it probably ends up costing more and taking more time than like if you lived in Seattle and like we're trying to like get to visit someone in New York City right right Um, or even if you dated someone in Seattle because you can fly from Anchorage to Seattle right yeah, totally. But I, I mean, I feel like that's, I mean, that's like, that's kind of like the story of like traveling in Alaska is like, you know, you, you can get from Alaska to Seattle or Alaska to New York, um, like faster than you can get from like, you know, Juneau to, in the southeast part of the state to like, you know, Kotzebue or, or Ukiapik, like in the northern part of the state, it's just like mm-hmm. the infrastructure unfortunately, like, is not there for the Anchorage to Haines, like, dating commute. I imagine the conversation, like, if there is genuine interest, the conversation of, like, okay, so who's moving to which community would come up fairly soon, like, if the relationship went in that direction. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, um, the woman I was seeing, like, ended up moving to Juneau, but I, you know, definitely didn't seem like um, Haines was going to be, like, a long-term long-term proposition for sure but you know i mean the flip side is like uh i will say like haynes is awesome and like you know having a having the opportunity to like you know go to a part of the state that's like definitely out of the way and not easy to get to like it was great and uh you know i don't know like i don't really have any regrets just just you know um probably a unique moment in my life where I had like the time and flexibility to to actually do that and also you know for a period of that time I was like living in Juneau so that actually was like a fair amount easier you could just like hop on the ferry or hop on a on a bush plane to to fly up there so Mm -hmm. yeah no we certainly of course love Haynes here in the Yukon and we look forward to the time when we can go back there and see the beautiful town and hang out with our Haynes friends again 
Yeah, it's really not a great time for cross-border relationships right now. I feel like that's for sure. <laughs> no, it is not. One of the things I'd like to get in to with you is uh, politics and dating. Of course, in Canada, we hear a lot about American politics. I mean, I guess the whole world hears a lot about American politics. Um, Alaska, uh, from what I've read, um, it's mostly or it has been a Republican state, but it's quite it's quite divided. Hey, and does does that play out in in sort of the dating scene? Yeah, um, I mean, I think Alaska, I think you're right. I mean, Alaska is like sort of tends to be known as like a red state, like a Republican Trump, whatever, you know, not Obama state. I, you know, I think it, it does kind of like break out a little bit more uh, or a little bit less sort of monolithically. Like, it, you know, we definitely like, I think have a Republican small government, government stay out of my decisions, like kind of vibe. But then again, like we also get a ton of money from the federal government. Um, you know, there's a large like tribal um, political block that I think definitely is sort of leans democratic and and in Anchorage in particular, you know, there's it's a really diverse city. It's a it's a younger city. And so, um, you know, Anchorage actually, I think, voted for uh, collectively voted for Biden in, in the last election. So, um, you know, I, I think Alaska's it's it's divided much like the rest of the U.S. is divided and, um, you know, maybe one of the things that is kind of special about Alaska and about Anchorage is like, you know, I think um, outside of Alaska, you know, there's definitely a little bit more of like the uh, sort of liberal urban areas versus the like um, conservative rural areas. And I think, you know, in Alaska, that just gets like a little bit more scrambled in that, um, you know, those places are all like a little bit closer together. So, you know, Anchorage kind of maybe leans left, but we've got like sort of definite, we've definitely got sort of a conservative block in our politics, conservative areas of the city. And then you drive like north to the Matsu, um, you know, which is sort of like Sarah Palin country and that's like <laughs> deep red. And similarly, like if you drive like south to the Kenai Peninsula or even, you know, if you drive up toward Fairbanks, you know, Fairbanks has some kind of liberal areas, but definitely has some pretty like conservative and military areas. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think definitely the the politics, the way that politics is played into dating has probably escalated over the past you know four or five years as our politics here in the u.s has like gotten more polarized like i don't know i was i was i actually was curious like to hear like i don't know do people are you ever like do you ever like go on a dating app and like do people ever say like you know if you like trudeau then like swipe left or is that just like <laughs> no one would say anything like that um i personally have not seen it i was i was thinking about that like you know, someone like Aaron O'Toole all the way or like Justin Trudeau, like, yeah, I, I have not seen it. Um, is that something you say see on dating profiles is political interests? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, there's like, and I, and I would say like in the past couple of years, like you would, you definitely something like you'll see pop up like a lot more um, than, I, I mean, I, I think it's just something that's like, yeah, like, like happened over the past couple of years where, um, 
you know, literally like people put on their profiles, like if you voted for Trump, swipe left. There was one there's one that I saw a few weeks ago that was like it said, like, if you voted for Trump, you shall not hump, which I was like, <laughs> that's, that's clever, which, you know, I mean, I'm kind of like I I work as a reporter. And so, like, I think my perspective is maybe like a little bit more open minded. I mean, I think like our politics here are so polarized and crazy right now that I like I at some level like I don't feel like that's surprising but it's also like you know the the feeling that some people have sort of where they need to make that kind of political statement and they feel like they can't even sort of engage in like a conversation or or have like common ground with um folks who are who are sort of of that like different um political persuasion is like it's I feel like it's definitely remarkable and then I mean you know the flip side is like you know all like see women you know with like photos of themselves like wearing like a make America great again hat or like a Trump 2020 um t-shirt or something and um you know generally my feeling is I mean I don't yeah I sh shouldn't get too far into my politics other than <laughs> no. like um uh you know it's kind of like if you're if you're that far on the politics on one end of the political spectrum like on either end of the political spectrum i'm kind of like okay like i'll i'll let that one go but um yeah, yeah i think those else. people probably aren't dating across political lines I mean, well certainly the person who says you know if you voted for trump you're not gonna hump or whatever that person's probably not yeah at least they're not like uh having one night stands across political lines um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to sort of think back, like, you know, could, are, are people like sort of walling themselves off from relationships now that like might've been like a little bit more realistic, like five years ago, I, you know, I mean, my sense is like, probably not like, you know, it's like, if you were, if you're like really like a diehard Trump supporter and someone who kind of comes from comes with that like philosophy then like you probably like weren't going to be like dating the anchorage nurse practitioner who like e you know believes in like reproductive rights and uh, justice and that kind of thing just to like <laughs> totally stereotype it. i mean you probably that probably was not going to like succeed five years ago and maybe it's just become a little bit more overt um mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, I, you know, maybe that that's another task we can assign to the master's student, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, some of my experience of being in Alaska is um, as a Canadian and as a Yukoner is noticing, and we didn't talk about this before, but about just noticing guns around. Like I went to a backcountry cabin and like someone had their gun like on the table at this cabin. And this woman who I was with, who was actually um, from Alaska, she asked them to put it away. Anyway, I guess my, my thought is there is like, does that come up? Do you think from what you've heard about like people's stance on guns or their comfort with being around guns? You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that it does. Um, like, I don't have one personally. Um, you know, I think it's, I think you probably get sort of like a cross section of folks where like, you know, I think particularly like in the more rural areas of the state and even like, you know, when you get up toward Fairbanks or out to the valley, like there's a lot more sort of experience and comfort with guns. Like, you know, I have like a good friend who lives up in Fairbanks who I went to my like East Coast liberal arts college with who, you know, um, definitely was not like a gun enthusiast in college, but now he has four, you know, because like one is for duck hunting and one is to like get a moose and um you know one is for 
shooting at the range and that's just like the way it is and you know my my sense is like you know probably if you're a woman living in Fairbanks like you you're gonna have to like get used to that because it's just like part of the culture there and it's you know for the most part it's not like part of the culture in like a nefarious or or scary way it's just like you know people hunt and people go go to the range um i think like in anchorage there's probably like a little bit more of a split there where you know i think anchorage has like a little bit more of sort of like a professional class and a little bit more of like a transient or or kind of mixed group of folks with like a lot of I think there's like a lot more people kind of cycling through Anchorage who like come from outside, come from the East Coast and like might not be used to that. And it's like, you know, you would probably um, like if I had a gun and I was like, you know, it's not something I would just like casually drop into a, a um, messaging exchange or anything. But, <laughs> but then again, I mean that, you know, there are lots of I have lots of friends here who like I grew up. Or, or sorry, I have lots of friends here who, you know, grew up in Alaska or have experience or interest in hunting, like who, you know, women who like have their own guns. And, you know, I don't think would be phased by that as long as you weren't like displaying signs of like uh, mental instability. I mean, the flip side is like, you know, Alaska has like a really, really high rate of gun violence, a really, really high rate of gun ownership, a really, really high rate of domestic violence. But I, I think that like, um, you know, you don't like hear about that too much in the context of like dating violence and like, you know, it's not something that I feel like is like really like a big issue when it comes to like the dating scene, like at sort of like a preliminary point. Uh, we only have a, a few more minutes of your time. I wanted to, obviously, it's it's kind of hard to talk about dating these days without um, thinking about COVID um, and and kind of what's going on there. Um, how has uh, how is that impacting people and yourself? Yeah, um, I mean, in some ways, I feel like it hasn't changed much at all. I mean, like obviously. Um, you know, and I think you hear from people like you can't go meet people like for a drink at a bar. I mean, you can, but I don't think it's like advisable and I don't think it's what a lot of people are doing. Um, so you're kind of left with the option of like, go for a walk, go for a hike, go for a ski. Um, and so like, I don't know at that level, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like personally, like what I'm inclined to do anyway. And um, you know, like nothing's stopping you from <clears throat> going for a bike ride and, or going for a hike and you can stay six feet away pretty easily. So, um, I think for people who, you know, kind of like live a pretty outdoorsy active lifestyle, that's like, hasn't changed much. I mean, I, you know, I will definitely, um, I, I guess the like caveats I would add to that are, you know, certainly as it's like been in the middle of winter, like that's gotten more challenging. Like, you know, I went on a date the other night where we went ice skating and, you know, we ice skated for a little while and then we stopped and sat down and like drank beer on the side of the lagoon where we were ice skating. And then like after 25 minutes, we both were like, holy shit, it's so cold. 
we've got to go like mm-hmm. this, this, this is not a, a viable um this is not like a viable way to to hang out for too long like it's been re- i mean you know i think it's been it hasn't been as cold here as it's been in white horse for the past like week or two but it's been cold here and so that's a challenge and then the you know i think the vaccine is also like that's like a super interesting question too now that like you know we've got a pretty significant portion of our population here that's been vaccinated i think we're up to close to like 20 percent of people 16 or 18 and over um and so it's like you know um there was a, a girl i would had had been on a couple dates with and then she got vaccinated and started like hanging out with her friends and who, who had who had also been vaccinated and it was sort of like well I guess I guess this isn't gonna happen anymore because um you you're know, not you, know you the, weren't part of the vaccination club no I mean I was joking I've been joking with my friends that like you know I, one of my one of my friends dates a doctor who works at um one of the hospitals here and like she got vaccinated and then they opened it up to like household members of um of workers at the hospital and so like he went and got vaccinated and so i've been joking that you know i I need to find a a spouse or someone to date who's working at the hospital so i can get vaccine access yeah move quickly (laughs) no doubt uh final question in the yukon we kind of uh romanticize i guess alaska sometimes as this place with a bunch of single men and um, you know, so I guess like maybe like the land of plenty. Um, do people in Alaska ever talk about the Yukon as like a place to meet a significant other? No, definitely not. Sorry. I don't think <laughs> uh, I don't think the Yukon holds uh, holds the same allure as uh, Alaska does for Yukoners. I feel like it would make like a great, you know, sort of uh, 21st century, like updated Robert Service poem or something about like, you know, the the lure of the land of the midnight sun or something but yeah no i think we're like we're americans we're pretty self-focused and and self-obsessed and yeah i mean i don't know there might be a couple people in anchorage that are secretly dreaming of canadian citizenship um probably definitely would have been more if uh if trump had won a second term that actually you know that could have been a selling point for folks but um. (laughs) right (laughs) um and we didn't talk about this, but you, you are talking to a friend of mine in the Yukon. So I do hope that at some point you are able to come to the Yukon once the borders open, it would be nice to also meet you in person. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I did relocate myself to Whitehorse on Tinder and, uh, yeah, met at least like one, I guess one of your friends who's, uh, ended up being like a pretty good friend, pretty great pandemic friend actually. And, um, I don't know. I like Whitehorse seems like a great place with some good people. So, um, yeah, hopefully the, hopefully the border opens soon, but I definitely think, uh, you know, it's, it's again, not a great or easy time for cross-border romance. That's, uh, that's for sure. I, I don't know. I mean, like you kind of mentioned it, I think at one point that like you had friends that were, you know, I don't know, kind of dreaming about Alaska. I mean, I do feel like there's this thing, I mean, you know, I've had friends who live in Whitehorse for like quite some time and, um, you know, have been through periodically, like on my way to Juno for work. And um, I mean, it always kind of surprises and frustrates me that like, you can't just like get on a plane and fly from Anchorage to Whitehorse. Like there's really not much, it's like, it's not easy to to get from Alaska to um, to the Yukon, like aside from like a 14 hour drive. So maybe, maybe someone could start like a dating service, like charter plane or charter plane, or even like yeah. a, like a, like a party bus or something that goes between the two. 
Yeah, you'd get so. really drunk in the 14 hours that it takes <laughs> to get from. Yeah, but a few time. like sloppy dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, here's some post pandemic business ideas. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been so awesome talking to you. Uh, it was a great chat. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. This episode was recorded and produced in Whitehorse, Yukon by myself, Karen McCall. Music is by Jordan Patrick. He's also my delightful co-host. And some exciting news. We recently hit the podcast charts. Number 14 in Canada for relationship podcasts, according to Apple Podcasts. Thanks to all of you. Stay frisky.